Welcome back, everybody, to the PC Master Race podcast, where player choice is the best platform. This is episode 92, and this week, John is back, but in the form of a pre-record. My name is Dakota. My name is Jones. And this week is the Pandemic Triple D, which you'll hear a little bit more about once we get to the main topic. But before then... I do just want to let you know, uh, we do have timestamps down in the description. If you want to jump straight to that main topic, we do have housekeeping to do beforehand. Uh, and remember, while you're listening, if you enjoyed the content, uh, please feel free to leave us a review on your preferred podcast platform or check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash PCMR cast. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can find us there. Throw us a couple bucks if you feel uh, that we did a good enough job. We post new episodes every Monday at 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Yeehaw Time. All right. Perfect. Well, uh, cool, Jones, do we have community events? Uh, we do, but we don't have a date for it yet. So awesome. It's, <clears throat> we're thinking most likely it's going to end up being the 23rd. That's kind of like our, you know, the last weekend before the last weekend of, uh, of the month for our Patreon sponsored game night. Uh, we haven't 100% confirmed it because. I'm currently in the process of attempting to move, so I'm not really yeah. sure yet. <laughs> uh, but as soon as we get closer to that, and if you want more like live up-to-date info, check out the Discord. It's the best way to kind of get the daily, the daily info of everything. But yeah, as soon as we know, by next week for sure, we'll let you guys know on the show. Sweet. But yeah, that's it. What have you been playing? I have been playing the Battlefield 2042 beta with you, Yikes. actually. Yikes. Uh, it's <clears throat> it's uh, it's more battlefields, yeah. But it's more of the new dice battlefields, mm-hmm. right? And when I say that, if you've been, if you've been playing Battlefield for a long time, there's a hard, in my opinion, difference between what happened with Battlefield Four and where that went, and the perfect game that that became, basically yep. by the end. And then whatever happened afterwards, right? Because we got Hardline afterwards. We got Battlefield 1, which was hyped beyond belief. And I feel like people are nostalgic about it because of that. Mm -hmm. But if we're being honest, from a Battlefield standpoint, it was kind of a bad game. Yeah. The the gunplay in it was incredibly shallow. The guns were not great. The... the 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 concept the maps were the like maps, okay the maps were well comparatively to everything else i've played recently the maps were pretty good for battlefield one i mean yes if we're comparing it to what we played afterwards yes yeah. compared to everything before that i would i would say no right i would yeah. say battlefield one was just overhyped because cod would at the time was not doing so hot right yeah. And then we got Battlefield 5, which was a complete disaster, so much so that they canceled all the future DLC mm-hmm. that they didn't finish, and uh, they scrapped it and immediately went to 2042. Well, and that's and, also not including the two Battlefronts that came out. I know they're not the same thing, but they're the same game. <coughs> yeah, but Ma- it's Aren't they it's made not, by DICE, it's too? It, yeah, but they're, they're not the same game. You can't, you can't play your soldier character in third person. Uh, okay, I mean... Just because just because two games are made by the same studios and they're just a skin of each other doesn't mean they're the same. Okay, go on, continue. Yeah. So, twenty forty two is more battlefield. It's the more chaotic modern battlefield that I enjoy, but everything about it just feels off. And there's 
it's the beta, right? So obviously mm-hmm. there's going to be bugs. That's to be expected. And there were a lot of them. But it's also, you have to look at fundamental game design choices that they made and think, is this going to be fun without the bugs? Yeah. Right? And I don't think the game will be fun or balanced without the bugs. No. I don't think You know, I, like I when, all, so. when all the bugs are fixed and we can't complain about technical aspects, it comes down to gameplay aspects. And there's a lot of issues that I have with this game. Yeah. <clears throat> I think one of those is the specialist system. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Right. So basically they just split up. So Battlefield has always had the, in some sort of aspect, assault, support, recon medic and then sometimes they throw in a medic engineer mm-hmm. whatever in there yeah. right yeah. but <clears throat> some it, it bounces between four three to four classes right yeah i think one game had five classes yeah, four at to some five point. four to five yeah uh <clears throat> it's that that entire system is just broken with the specialist system that they have set up and i was willing to give it a chance but after playing it i'm just like there's they they took away the the known roles that people like to play mm-hmm. they split it up into like garbage specialist systems where like some gadgets that would have normally been saved for a certain class mm-hmm. are now per specialist, specialist right yeah and then within those specialists you can select a one kit, of those like more like yeah a kit which is more attuned to like medic engineer mm-hmm assault support or um yeah <clears throat> recon stuff like that but the problem is when you need somebody of the support variety the medical variety you have no idea who's carrying that kit that's the problem yep right you run out of ammo in this game you're not getting any more ammo because the, there's no support players that you can run to and spam mm-hmm. i need ammo <laughs> yeah right and I don't know if it was just disabled, but what happened to the the Q menu in Battlefield mm-hmm. where you can hold down Q and then ask for certain things? That was missing. Yeah. they. I didn't have that. I don't know. Um, from my point of view, playing the beta had a lot of issues with bugs, which is like fine. Hey, it's a beta. That's why you're supposed to have bugs in it. I know personally I had to uninstall my, my Bluetooth controller driver to be able to play the game because I couldn't shoot. Yeah. And I looked it up, and they're like, oh, yeah, if you have any kind of controllers enabled, it won't let you do anything. I'm like, okay, well, that's frustrating. That shouldn't, Battlefield shouldn't be like searching my computer for other drivers to shoot in their game. That's just ridiculous. That's like, okay, well, what else are they doing on my computer in the background that they shouldn't be doing? Probably a lot Bes- of bad stuff. Yeah, besides all that, um, the special system is bad. If, if they said, hey, we're going to have these like custom specialists. And then you can just make your own. I would be totally fine with it. Hey, if I can make my own, if I can quote unquote make my own class and pick the perks, then that would be fine. Because there's like, hey, they have these four or five default specialists that are set up in our idea. You know, oh, the assault guy has like a rocket launcher and whatever else. If they did that and then they said, oh, you can also just make your own class and you can like make your own custom specialist. But then how would how would everybody else on your team know who you are? Well, that's it's that's the bad thing. You don't. And every other Battlefield game, a medic has like a little plus, like a cross over his head, so you know he's a medic. The same thing with the support, yeah. he's a bunch of bullets over his head. Oh, that's a support guy, let me go ask for ammo. I don't know. Every Getting into the game, we played a little bit last night, 
every part of this battlefield feels wrong. It just feels off, and I don't know why. We've been playing a lot of Battlefield 1, and it feels worse than Battlefield... Well, 5, sorry. Battlefield 5. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, it I, definitely feels worse than Battlefield and, 5. And that's, and that's not saying much, because that Battlefield 5 is like a downgrade of Battlefield 1, so... Yeah, which is a downgrade of Battlefield, Battlefield 4. Yeah, so <laughs> it just seems that DICE... I don't know. And their idea of uh, not having a scoreboard, it seems like they're just, you know, kind of like pandering to like a specific audience and not really caring about their their fan base anymore. It's just like, oh, we did this because, hey, we're not going to have a scoreboard anymore because we don't want people to, you know, be toxic because they're at the high top of the scoreboard. It's like, then what is the point of playing a shooter? Not necessarily to be toxic, but to see where you line up against other people. Right. See how That's many the whole points... point of a competitive game. Yeah. They're taking the PvP out of the PvP game. Right. Basically. And, right. and they can they can say whatever they want to justify it. I, it's fine. I'll just treat it like Battlefield 5 and I won't buy it. There right. you go. Thank you. Thanks, Dice, for... I guess I'll wait another couple years and see if this one... From a, from a trailer that seemed like they were actually listening to the community because they yeah. had so many community-driven events that happened in Battlefield's history in that one trailer that yep. they released, it really felt like they were going back to listening to their fans after they literally told told you screw you yeah. if you don't want to buy our game with Battlefield 5. Like they're doing the same thing with this game it's too. Just, that's it's just, just good they're, marketing. They're, they're, just good right. Marketing. They're just saying that, oh no, this is exactly what you wanted with mm. a lot of things cut out of it. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah, and and somehow their partying system in the game has gotten worse every game that I've played. Like every iteration of the game is just worse party system. I mean, it just it 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 is straight up dice is not made of the same people that Mm-mm. were there what is it? 8 years ago. Well, for Battlefield I feel like Bad Company I feel like two, everybody has left. Three, oh yeah, they all they retired cuz they made a lot of money. Yeah. I guess. Or they I went to know. go work for an actual studio that knows how to make games correctly those those are the core fundamental issues that when you look at a beta that's how you determine this is not going to be ready at launch right yeah like yeah the bugs and stuff i've never played a battlefield at launch that hasn't been buggy mm-hmm. right it be it they're they're a physics sandbox so yeah. they're bound to have a lot of weird glitches and stuff like that the problem is the fundamental game design choices are wrong here and i guarantee you within six months this game is going to have a balanced 2.0 patch yeah. right where everything gets rebalanced they add back in you know the normal class system or something like that like there's going to be a big redesign patch within six months to a year i think for this or, game. or they- and at that point i'll be interested in the game because in its current build i'm like this this killed my excitement for the game it's still plays like a battlefield i'm it's still one of the only games that i'm still good at playing mm-hmm. but it's it feels wrong <laughs> well everything about it they're so in a, in a game where a you know there's 128 players in a match now and it's all they're trying to focus more on squad play and team play they took all communication of that aspect out of the game mm-hmm. including helping people yeah which is what they kind of want to encourage by not wanting to show scoreboards and stuff like that i i can't ask for ammo or health from anybody because i don't know who has it yep that's a problem 
Mm-hmm. That's that's that is literally going against everything you were trying to set up in this game, and that stuff is going to make it a horrible launch. Well, as I as I told you the other day before off the show, is that all this did was make me someone that's not a fan excited for Halo Infinite's multiplayer. Yes, because 100%. I because I want to play a new shooter that's you know a current release and everything. But this just made me like, oh, that's going to be free, and I can just play that, and I don't pay any money, and it looks like. You know, Battlefield 2042 probably needs another year of development before they release it, but they're not going to let 100%. it. They're not going to let it release, you know, in I mean, I here's I, the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. If they continued with all their DLC, it might have had another year to cook while all of the Battlefield 5 DLC was yeah. finishing out. I think it would have finished this year, mm-hmm. but I don't think they would have released the game right away. Yeah, they would have let it you know sink they would have let it cook a little bit even more. if yeah i don't know i don't know my our our excitement for battlefield 2042 from the past few months from trailers and everything is like diminished completely basically yep yep it's, and then our hype for halo infinite <laughs> like skyrocketed afterwards yeah, it's like big yikes um yeah what else strange. what else have you been playing that's it i mean other than new worlds which i've been playing here and there mm-hmm. uh I, that's that's about it i've been dealing with uh with the covid so oh wonderful um what about you so i haven't really played anything other th- other than new world been busy with work and stuff but new world is you know it's an mmo obviously we talked about last week sort of can starting to consume everyone's lives it seems like uh i'm really enjoying it because the game feels more like a action adventure survival type of game than an mmo to me and as someone that's played a lot of mmos yeah they have a lot of fetch quests and doing stuff but i've probably spent more time gathering and leveling up crafting and trade skills and all that than i have actually like leveling up and playing the game because all those things actually level you up basically just as much as going out and questing and killing stuff so right i am enjoying that aspect of it there's a lot of things i like in the game there's a couple of things that i'm not necessarily like dislike it's just like design choices but i can't really say anything because they are doing something completely different than basically any other mmo on the market so they're trying to differentiate themselves from other games because you know a lot of people will say oh well why don't they just do this because i like it better it's like the whole thing that they don't have mounts in the game a lot of people are upset they don't have mounts in the game like that would totally change the feel of the game though regardless of if i agree with them or not that would change the feel of the game because you would just run past everything. And eh. I think there's I think there's options. If if you could uh I, I saw someone talking about having like a carriage system that would go from just town to town, like main town to main town. It's like now that yeah. would be fine. Say you pay a certain amount of money and they just, you know, it takes four or five minutes and then it just takes you automatically. That would be cool. I'd be okay with that. But they already had yeah, the fast because travel. That's, system. that's my main Yeah. Right. But what happens if you run out of Azoth to run, fast travel, you, which has happened to me before? You run in. It seems like it's definitely a lower level uh, character's issue because if you like, I've been gathering, and whenever yeah. you get whenever you get higher level, when you're when you're killing monsters, they start dropping Azoth on top of just like just normal killing mobs. So it's definitely like a beginner player's issue. It's like, oh, I don't have enough money. It's like, okay, well then go play the game and then you'll have more money. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) So I don't know. I'm still enjoying it. I haven't like felt that I was... Oh, we did do the first dungeon, which I don't think we talked about. No, I don't think we did. The 
two things about New World that's awesome. Uh, they fixed the queues. They increased the server cap to 5,000 per server. Everyone's like, why just didn't you do that in the beginning? We don't know. But yeah. Whatever. That's I don't, Who knows? I don't know all the behind the scenes with networking and server structure and all that stuff. I have no clue. So not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying I'm glad they fixed it. And they fixed it within a week of the game launching. So that nice. that's a really good move because a lot of MMOs do not do that. It will take them like weeks or months to actually fix, you know, queues and stuff. I haven't logged into right. a queue since the after the first week at all. Yeah, I haven't had a queue on our server in a long time. Yeah, so that's nice. Um, but yeah, we did the first dungeon. Uh, it's like pretty pretty straightforward, and it's actually really fun. I'm I'm more excited for the group content than I originally thought I would be, just because uh, we've only done one dungeon. But Why? There are six. I didn't know how. I didn't know if it was just going to be like completely brain dead easy, and it's definitely not hard. But there is a little bit of like, hey, you do need a tank. You do need someone to heal. You do need to like, yeah. you need a block. Like you There's actually clear rules that you need. Yeah. You can't just like, oh, everyone just go in there and like DPS because you'll die. Like you can't. Yeah. yeah. So I do. I do like that. It feels more like a traditional MMO, but with the action at like combat aspects to it. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm I enjoying that was it. Yeah, I good too. It was. A, I don't play MMOs that often. And that was my first experience of a dungeon MMO. Mm -hmm. And that was more of what I would have expected from a uh, from a dungeon in MMOs. Mm -hmm. It surprisingly didn't have enough mobs, in my opinion. Yeah. There was it was actually kind of short <laughs> mm -hmm. if you think about it. Well, it's, it was hard at points. Yeah. Well, because there were certain tough enemies, but there weren't a ton of mobs. I haven't done the the level because that's level twenty five dungeon. I haven't done the level thirty five mm -hmm. dungeon, but from what Spigot told me is that as you progress on dungeons, the difficulty spikes up quite significantly. That first dungeon, okay. he is like, yeah, if you don't know what you're doing at all, you can wipe. But if you have a you know even a semi competent group, you can get through it. He's like, but that's basically like a super tutorial dungeon. It's meant to be really short. It's meant to just complete okay. your quest. You know, you have one mini boss or, you know, one final boss. It's kind of difficult if you're not really paying attention. And it's like that's meant to kind of get you in the mindset of what a dungeon is. And then the other ones definitely get a lot harder. OK, and it takes a that's lot good more, a lot more, you know, and I was like and I would expect that I would expect the first dungeon to maybe a little bit difficult, but not really that difficult because they don't want to just like crush everyone's spirits immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as as uh we progress in the game and if anything more exciting happens in new world then we'll definitely let you guys know because i'm sure we're not the only people talking about the biggest mmo launch of the past oh. like five years <laughs> yeah definitely not pretty much but yeah i think cool. uh we can jump right into this episode with uh our boy johnny yeah it's been so long since i heard his voice mm -hmm. I, everywhere i go i see his face <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get started with Pandemic. So <clears throat> I was actually pretty nervous about doing this because when I initially started looking up notes for this, you know, mm -hmm. it's not like, <clears throat> I think people know, like we kind of look at the Wikipedia pages to see, because there's always a ton of information. And then this one had literally nothing in it. It was like, <laughs> a, it was like nothing. And I was like, uh oh, well, maybe I can't do Pandemic. And then I looked a little bit further and I found another website that really went into detail. Yeah, it didn't want you to find anything it, on it. Was it yeah. just like a tombstone? 
Oh, spoilers, <laughs> <Yeah>. my bad. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. But so uh, what I had to do for this one is because they didn't have a ton of like stuff happen to them specifically, like as people and a studio. Yeah. We're going to be talking about their games almost exclusively because that's all there well, is to cover for them. And I think that's realistically what most people care about, honestly. Like, well, for the yeah, most but, part. I mean, like. For the other ones like Bethesda, I could be like, oh, you know, they sued and this happened and that there just isn't a lot of those things. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's plenty to talk about. They, you know, they they, they came out with I can't remember how many games there are, but it's, it's like 10 or 12 or something like that. I don't mm-hmm. know, but we'll go over them all. Um, and then a couple of games that got canceled that they did. So hmm. we'll start out um, with the forming of Pandemic in 1998. Pandemic was formed by uh by President Josh Resnick and CEO Andrew Goldman, who both formerly worked for Activision. What? No, when you said President Josh Resnick, I was like, wait, a U.S. president made this? No. <laughs> I think he took the title of president. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, I was I just, very confused. Maybe this is a hot take. I don't think anyone named Josh will ever be president of I'll the say, United States. True. That's but, true. But, both these guys used to work for Activision, mm-hmm. uh, and they also brought members with them that worked on the game Battlezone and Dark Reign, The Future of War. So they pretty much split, and then they took a bunch of people with them. I remember uh, the name Battle Reign. Do you guys yeah. remember what that is? No, I don't. You mean Dark Dark Reign? I'm going to talk Rain, about sorry. this, too. Oh, okay. oh okay. real quick. Okay. Yeah, because I was like, eh, if they're bringing people from those games, it might be important to talk about them, too. Uh, but they were founded with an... They were founded with an equity investment by Activision. I don't exactly know what that means, other than the fact that it's probably like well, Activision like invested put money into. Well, it. basically, it's like, hey, we're gonna we want to leave and do our own thing, and they probably still had good relationship with Activision and said, okay, well, we're gonna we are gonna give you some money up front to give you like a little nest egg, and that I'm sure the Activision yeah. owned part of their company. Yeah, is what happened. Like, hey, we want to leave, but we still want to kind of be friends, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they got help from their from their buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, so the name Pandemic was actually narrowed down from six choices. And one of those other choices was called uh, Seismic. OK. Seismic well, games. at least they had better names than what was it? Blizzard yeah, that we did. They just went down the alphabet. And like, <laughs> yeah. A, B, C. Ogre. Chaos games. Ogre. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, Seismic actually is. Cool seismic yeah mm-hmm. seismic Sorry. entertainment um, or something like that mm-hmm. so first cool. uh battle seismic which software oh <gasps> right, sorry sorry uh, pending. so battles have, uh, so i actually looked i looked at gameplay for all these games battle zone is is old yes but it's like a tank strategy action game okay mm-hmm. so and it's kind of like the the games that doom did early on not doom sorry it did early on because they had a yeah they had a bunch of weird tank games early on i feel like everybody had tank oh yeah 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 it's like looking at it yeah it's like that describe it oh wait is that the okay no 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 okay is that the one that's that's in it's like this is is the the one that's in like arcades and stuff where you put on the vr headset that's the that's the original one that activision made i believe no it's it's not it's so Battlezone is it's a strategy action game where you pilot a tank, but you also can like can tell units to go places. And so oh, wow. Like it's really OK, weird. but mm. it had it was overwhelmingly positive, like in mm. its reception. And it made two point four million dollars with over two hundred thousand copies sold worldwide. Wow. And this is nineteen ninety eight. Okay. Uh, and it got like uh, game rankings gave it eighty nine out of one hundred. And okay. like I said, their goal was to make an action strategy game and. 
that's like I said, you could build structures, command units, stuff like that from your tank. Uh, kind okay. of a new idea. It's a very like niche kind of game. Yeah. And we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Was it a top down game? No. No? It was well, a, partially. Like a, I think it was, quote, it was quote, kind first of person. There's like yeah, this, like, okay. this stuff going on. That's the second one, I think. Yeah, that's not in 98, bro. No. So it's uh, kind of like Battlezone 98, brother. All right, go ahead, John. That's that's the Redux. Oh, okay. Because so, the, the picture Jones just showed us looked like the early Star Wars so games for like, like the original Xbox. Like five years ago, they came out with uh, Battlezone 98 Redux. Okay. okay. So they remastered it pretty much. Um. So yeah, Battlezone. Wait, who great. remastered it? <laughs> I not pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yikes! So Activision made this. And it did really well. Dark Rain is a strategy top-down game like Command Conquer. Okay. okay. Um, it's sci-fi. Uh, it was praised for having like three three-dimensional terrain, and uh, it, the terrain actually affected the way like the units would work, their speeds, stuff like that. Line of sight okay. and all that kind of stuff. Line of sight. Yeah, it was like so. The you first, can't, so, <laughs> so not like Age of Empires, where it's like if you shoot someone and they're standing on a hill, you just actually miss them and no. not just shoot into the dirt. So. Yeah, like I, I think it was one of the first games to actually like take advantage of this, uh, and people like praised it for you know taking the strategy bit a bit further. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and what it was a, a, a success for Activision, and it they said at that time it was their fastest selling product. Wow. Okay, and so you're really talking. Well. Okay, so you're right now. You're talking about the games that these people worked on for yes, Activision before, before they, left, they left. Before they left to start well, pandemic. It's a little backstory with the people that left the company. This is what they did. So like, to leave hey, it. we actually made good games that are highly acclaimed, and we left. Yes. That's that's why. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah, Activision's like, yeah, we'll invest in you. You already made us money, so yeah. <laughs> so and you got to keep in mind throughout this whole process, it, you know, like 1998, or to, I'd probably say like mid 2000 strategy games were like a dime a dozen there were a yeah. ton of them and I it's even, like battle I even royales wrote, now dude mm-hmm. holy it was, cow i even i even wrote down in party here how many because there's another game they make later that's strategy and they just threw it in there with like a whole mess of other strategy games well it just doesn't think, work that well you gotta think between like uh like command and conquer dune age of, age of empires starcraft those are like the big ones yeah and those sold like that was like the golden era between like probably like 93 to like 2003 like that 10 year period was like strategy game and sure. everybody was playing rts like that was the huge thing so um it did sell uh pretty well but it did fall behind total annihilation and age of empires at that time wow so, total annihilation is that old the original yeah, one i think i don't know anything about that game but apparently it was pretty dang good so mm-hmm. they're still making total annihilation games i think so they're still oh. making age of empires games Yep. True. Well, they yeah, they're, they're making Age of Empires four. Yep, it's on Steam. Okay. Like the pre no, no uh, Age of Empires four is actually like coming out later this year. We'll see. So, no, I mean like there's already released trailers and stuff. We'll see. All right. Anyway, in 1999, uh, the newly formed studio decided to take their first undita- undertaking by making sequels to the games that they did really well on in Activision. <laughs> uh, so they first started with Battlezone. So um, risky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's see how it played out for them. <laughs> um, they knew they needed to broaden the game's appeal to reach a more diverse audience. Like I said, that this action strategy niche was not, it's a niche. Yeah. yeah like, a, like action people don't want to play strategy. Strategy people don't want to play action. They want specific things. Um, so they wanted to drive the sales on So obviously they want to reach more people. 
And unfortunately, the original game's audience didn't feel this way because they they didn't like what they did to this game. They liked it the old way. They I think I think they added like just different elements to it to try and like like I said get more spice people. it up. And they're like, why did you do that? I like the old way because mm-hmm. it did well. Like Battlezone did really well. I don't my like boy. Change. What did you do to my boy? I don't like change. <laughs> um, and they didn't want anything changed or fixed. But pandemic decided to expand the interface in the game to allow uh like. To allow you to control units better, which is a good it's a good mm-hmm. thing. That's just yeah. updating. Um, they also changed the campaign uh, so it were, it would allow like ease of action. So that what they did was instead of like throwing you right into the 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 heat of battle, like where this huge yeah. strategy stuff, they kind of eased you into it. And because uh, like they added tutorial people. and stuff like that, stuff pseudo like that, pseudo yeah, tutorial. Like, so it's like yeah, I gotcha. So uh, they didn't want to scare people off with how like the st- strategy or the craziness of the game. And they also it, apparently the first one was like Cold War esque style game, and they mm-hmm. changed it to like sci fi alien invasion. That's stuff. probably the biggest thing that people hated. Yeah, that yeah. is a completely different audience. Yep. And they were hoping with with like the alien invasion stuff, it could help open up new possibilities down the road. Yeah, like not making um, Battlezone anymore. Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, with a, with a lot of new gaming companies, they learn a lot of lessons with their first games, and this mm-hmm. was a lesson learned because. Uh, it did not do well, and uh, even though they did not change anything crazy, people found that the simplified missions were a step back. Instead of getting players from both the action and strategy game types, they were only attracted that small majority of people who like both of those together, which is not a lot, I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, the game had a ton of delays, it uh, and it, it was met with enthusiasm because, like I said, the first one was fantastic. So people were like, mm-hmm. "Oh, great!" And it quickly got negative reviews <laughs> <laughs> due to its. It had a tons of bugs. And it needed like crazy requirements to run the game. Well, well, the thing and is too is like back then it's like you can't really pa- like patching things is way more difficult than 1999. Yeah, oh yeah. I couldn't. You have to imagine. release a physical disc to patch a game. <laughs> Pretty much. And then uh, it had broken multiplayer, which wasn't fixed until later. So, fun. Hmm. Um, so I have like a some from an interview. Uh, this guy's name is Nathan Mates. He's a programmer that worked on it. And he tried to explain, uh, like, why after the first game, uh, Battlezone 2 did not fare well in the market. And he was interviewed saying, despite things not being a huge success at retail, there's a definite but smaller portion of the population that likes the FPS RTS genre. Their opinions, their options are somewhat limited, so they stick with what they know and love. As I said above, this ten- uh, tenaciousness can really backfire and hurt things. If the BZ1 fans hadn't bashed Battlezone 2 for so long then there might have been more people exposed to it. So, you know, it's, he's... Wow, he's, much he's projecting, blaming. like, yeah. not projecting, but he's blaming people for not liking the game that they changed from what the original was. And he said there's, there's he an extreme amount of made. anger directed at anything that changes. So he's pretty much saying, like, hey, you guys are just mad because yeah. you change things, but... Because you produced one thing and they liked that one thing and then you just decided not to do that one thing anymore. So, yeah, people are going to be pissed. Yeah, I don't that uh, that's called a um, bad game developer. Yes. Yes. So they have to start. start. They're not starting out good. (laughs) Like if if that's the first game you make and you come out the gate saying it's the player's faults for people not liking your game. Yeah, doesn't work well. Um, So a sequel is never made after that, of course. (laughs) But uh (laughs) N64 PSP versions did release Battlezone 98 Redux released in 2016. Uh, but it's from the 1998 version, not the 1991. <laughs> so, so uh, lesson learned Wait, for Pandemic on that dude, game. Dude, wait. 
it came out for N64 and, and PSP? Was PSP around the same time of Nintendo 64? Am I uh, really? It was like I'm, 2000s, early 2000s, I thought. Well, let hmm. me double check that real quick. No, I'm just wondering because like N64 came out in 1986 and the PSP probably had to come out like it came out like around PS2. It came out after the PS2, I'm pretty sure. No, let me. Like, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Let me let me double check that real quick. Like maybe it's like N64. I don't know. I'm asking just it may have it's come out way weird later to see both of those <laughs> in the same sense in there because they're like not the same generation. <laughs> it's like Super that Nintendo, Super title. Nintendo and Xbox One releases. It's like, what? Yeah, it may have been like a PS1 or PS2. Yeah. It might have been a typo. Um, might have been PS1. And maybe it's PS1. Yeah. Right. Anyway, well, it, anyways, no worries. Anyway, anyways, um, my brain was like, I was like, did the PSP come out around the N64 time? Those <laughs> graphics when, when the N64 did those graphics were amazing on PSP. If it was Dude, a it had to have it. I I had it in middle school, which means it was like 2004 to 2006 ish. That's insane. Oh. Dude, I have a Vita, and that is one of the best handheld consoles that was ever made. I don't know it's what happened so to nice. mine. I lost mine. The Vita? I, I yeah. traded mine into GameStop. You, dude. Ugh. There's got... I guarantee you, we could have an entire episode of horror stories of things we traded yeah. in GameStop and regret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Regret regret episode. No, anyway. What is that? That tattoo? No regrets. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, go ahead. Moving on. Uh, so everything so is going well at Pandemic yes. so far. Perfect. So, 2000. Um, what do you know? They're making a sequel to Dark Rain. Um, they took their lessons from Battlezone and put it into this next game. They're like, hey, you know, we learned our lesson. We're going to fix this stuff. And even though the first game wasn't really a huge hit, it mm-hmm. always lived in, in it always lived in the shadow of Total Annihilation. Never like passed that up. Mm-hmm. But it was still there. It was still like, you know, a strategic game people liked. Hmm. And uh, they noted they didn't want to change too much of the game because it was still respected, obviously, to the people in that market. <laughs> yeah, because wow. Because they yeah, literally I guess just it their wasn't the player's uh, fault for not liking the game that they changed. And they knew the credibility of the first game would help drive sales for the second one. Wow. This time they went full 3D with the game. And I did watch it. It does look it does not look bad. Yeah, for I 2000 was, or still to this day it still looks i good. just going to it blind and looking at the game i was like right, this does not look bad to me okay so um the interface was great and was familiar to players as well as different camera angles like you could move the camera around do different weird stuff it wasn't just top down mm-hmm. um it did release more polished than battlezone 2 did <laughs> so they did learn with that uh fewer bugs and featured new content the problem and this is what i was talking about earlier is this market was saturated with RTS games, mm-hmm. a lot of them, especially Absolutely. in the year 2000. Like, yeah, year 2000, Command and Conquer, Command and Conquer Red Alert 2 came out. Mm-hmm. Yikes, uh, Majesty, amazing RTS game. Yikes, mm-hmm. Age of Empire 2 <laughs> expansion, uh, expansion. So it came out like right before Age of Conquerors. Yep, dude. And there's at 34, there's like 35 other titles. I didn't, I just looked at the major ones, but there's like 35 other RTS games that released. Wow. I, think in just 2000 everybody's like it was basically like what dakota said it's like the battle royale like or moba kick that i mean there's like a certain amount of every time you go through like the gaming since gaming started there's like oh platformers are huge everybody quick make platformers and then you get all these garbage games and then you get you know a couple handful of good ones 
So, um, the game didn't even make any charts when it went on sale, like the like top charts or nothing. It didn't yeah. make any of that stuff. Uh, it released early two thousand, or excuse me, July uh, early July of two thousand, and in September it sold nine hundred and uh, ninety seven hundred units, making around four hundred forty two thousand dollars. Not so good. Yikes! Um, Yikes! <laughs> some of the senior staff. So this is uh, also in two thousand. Some of the senior staff that worked on Dark Rain two. Uh, were some of the original developers and they were from Australia and they just they were getting homesick one of the men's wives was from Brisbane which is in Australia and you know they're all wanting to go home so they made an international office in Australia oh wow okay how, so, b- how did life. they afford this <laughs> I don't know. better better work life for some people and mm-hmm. uh, I, I was like Los Angeles, Los Angeles isn't for everybody definitely yeah. not I used to live there it's 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 different it's a different world there um wait but so, a large, a large amount of the people that made dark rain 2 moved to australia and then they hired local people so like this one and i don't know how much money they got from activision it must have been enough that they could basically make two bum games like back to back and not recoup any costs they're like you know what's a good idea let's open up another studio at across the world <laughs> or on the other side of the planet that's what happens when you're being backed by a well, multi-billion maybe, dollar maybe they company felt like Maybe they felt like some of this, uh, like bad luck and stuff was due to just them not being happy. So like maybe if we move move people back home, maybe we can get better work out of them. So after this point, I'm not going to really say what games are developed by the the Los Angeles studio and the Australian one. Just popular. know that it's just I'm collecting pandemic. Them all yeah, it's fine. Pandemic. Yeah. So we're going to move on to 2002. So nothing really happened in 2001. Uh. Uh, pandemic landed a contract to make ea's triple play baseball i had no idea they made a baseball game <laughs> and they absolutely bombed it and <laughs> my god they really had three bad games in a row so triple play should have been a great thing that's and they insane they screwed it uh weak gameplay crappy graphics <laughs> and it did not make triple play a competitor in the baseball game uh franchises and and it uh not only did ea drop pandemic but they also dropped the triple play as a brand <laughs> wow I'm, i i think this was the last triple play game yeah i don't I think i've I've never it. heard of triple play I, I i remember seeing box like the box art now that i, I like looked at it it didn't mm-hmm. look bad to me but i mean i didn't also look at the other baseball games but but, did, but, <laughs> but you also didn't play baseball games yeah i've only played one baseball game it was like the show or something. mlb the show but that was a long time ago. that's well that's the only but one that was that's also, made now yes yeah um so I, that's really all about that game it sucked and they bombed it um yay oh so i did actually make this one the australian uh team actually made the next game which is army men rts also did not look <laughs> bad. I, I i actually thought this looked kind of cool mm-hmm. because I, I just like the the fact that like it's army men so there's mm-hmm. like soda cans as like mm-hmm. your base stuff like it's just kind of neat yeah it, like it's, it's like my like, machines kind of stuff yeah, or it's like playing like DE Rats in Counter-Strike where everything's massive. Yeah. Like Alice in Wonderland style where you're shrunk down. So, like, hmm. I don't know if any, you, know, you guys know anything about the Army Men franchise. They were just throwing a title in here, but it's, it was a massive joke in the gaming world. Oh, yeah. They, they made sucked. tons of games that are all terrible. I actually like had a friend a long time ago. Uh, have He had me buy an Army Man game for the N64. That's what I was going to say, N64, yeah. He said it was like really good. And then Sergeant's Heroes. It. Yeah, and it sucked. We didn't like it. Um, anyway, so unfortunately, the Army Man franchise was a joke to the gaming world. They had a ton of crappy games. and But 
pandemic was able to recapture some of like the original charm with this game mm-hmm. and and they kind of got people to see why people liked it in the first place they okay. like i said i thought the game looked pretty cool hmm. um and some people argued it's the best in the entire army man franchise hmm. good for them but did it make any money um i didn't see a lot for that part uh but it did seem to that people <laughs> seem to like it apparently enough for them to continue being in existence in existence yes so it did it did okay it just people if people said it's at least the best in the franchise it made some some money yeah but somehow somehow like this is what blows my mind after all these things somehow they had this huge stroke of luck and they partnered with lucas films and they made a star wars game Star Dude. Wars, the Clone Wars. What? Ex- no idea how people get these game I contracts. Dude, but, like, well, wasn't wasn't Blizzard's like first or second game a contract for a major like company? Uh, Blizzard. Mm. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, oh my god! I can't yeah, what franchise that. did they score? No, well, uh. <sighs> Anyway, well, it doesn't matter. It's been a long time since we've done that yeah. episode. <laughs> I can't remember. I have to go listen to it again. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so they just had another home run. This is actually one of the better ones, I guess, in there. You're, you're going to see kind of a pretty... They're, they're a stale company. I mean, they just... they Even, like, the Battlefronts that are, like, cherished in my memories weren't, like, these crazy... They, well, I think... I think they're like cult classics now because everybody has seen what happened to Star Wars. Yeah. It's so, hindsight is 2020 for sure. So Army, Army Men RTS uh, Metacritic, it got a 68 out of 100 for PS2, 67 out of 100 for PC, and 6,500 for GameCube. So really good game. Basically. So it's kind of basic six and sevens. GameZone gave it 8.5. So, I mean, not great. Pandemic gave it a 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, pretty much average. So sucks. Yeah, I, I don't understand how they're like. Someone for Lucas Arts is like, all right, guys, pitch meeting. All right, here, here's all the horrible games that we've made. They're like sold. You're making a Star Wars game. They're like, so, oh, but wow. That's kind of how the Star Wars franchise was handled back then. They just gave it away to anybody, which is how it should be, honestly. Because yeah. a game does well, well then it's cool. Well, if it doesn't do well, then it just doesn't well, do well. It's it seems like we're coming in a full circle because that's how it's yes. becoming again. Yep. Yeah, that doesn't mean that we're going to get good Star Wars games. It means True. that we're going to get more Star Wars games, which is better than the five that we've gotten over the past 12 yes. years. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that is true. That is true. So they made Star Wars to Clone Wars, which is a mix of like it's a lot of vehicle combat and some mm. like third person. Yeah, didn't look great to me personally. I've never played it, but it it did not impress me watching you play plays mace yeah. windu and the combat the yeah combat no terrible. this is the one that i remember playing at my friend's house mm-hmm. yeah like, i enjoyed wasn't... this game it was okay. definitely janky back then though okay mm-hmm. even i uh, was like oh, i know this needs work so it wasn't amazing but it wasn't bad either yeah. the game took place mostly using land-based vehicles while playing sim as a third person like i said yep uh it did get some positive reviews and was considered a success mm-hmm. and uh this all leads, you know, to to them having a relationship with LucasArts for a little while, at least. Hmm. LucasArts so, is like, you know what? You got over a 70 in Metacritic. Killed it. You actually killed it. <laughs> this kind of got sevens, eights. 
Yeah. <laughs> edge gave it a four out of a ten. Nice. Um, <laughs> that's okay. But... Who's Edge? Oh, exactly. Yikes. So Big rip. small thing in 2003, the Los Angeles studio moved to Santa Monica. Hey, Santa Monica. Hey. And hey. they moved to a high rise building, which I honestly don't remember any high rise buildings in Santa Monica, but whatever. Mm. Well, maybe they got uh, rid of it like pandemic. You know, they made that that Star Wars money. They're like moving up. Moving on up. <laughs> or they, got evicted from, they got evicted from the other one. They're like, <laughs> yeah. They're like, dude, we got Clone Wars money, son. Clone Wars money. They're like, uh, that's not that much money. I mean, Star Wars was technically popping back then. This is when 1, 2, and yeah. 3 were released. <sighs> okay. That's debatable because I remember Phantom Menace, there was like millions of people were excited for Star Wars. And then that it did good, but it like bombed at the same time. Because everyone... But people it was, hated, but people it was, hated the prequels when they came out. It was the out. first time we had Star Wars in 30 years. Oh, I know. But that does not mean that people didn't years. hate it. That people did yeah, not hate still, it. Yeah, but still, it's just like the sequels. Everything mm-hmm. the past five years has been nothing but Star Wars. Even though the sequels suck. This is yeah. true. This is true. All right. All right. We're going to be moving on to 2004. So this is kind of a weird thing like that they did, but... Uh, Back in the year 2000, so going back a little bit, the U.S. Army Science and Technology Division or whatever people uh, was curious to learn if commercial gaming could help leverage, could be leveraged for training. So they're like, hey, we can use video games to train our people. Uh, They realized that a lot of the new recruits had grown up with video games and other types of entertainment like that. So they're like, maybe this can help us. Hmm. Um, It piqued their interest and had them wondering if technology and software uh, game techniques could be help, uh, could help enhance the training for, Mm -hmm. uh, for, other uh, military members. Hmm. So, yes. Short uh, answer is yes. Yeah. There was a research uh, center called the U.S. Army University Affiliated Research Center that was created in 1999 to advance virtual uh, simulation technology. They partnered with Sony Pictures Image Works and the uh, and with Pandemic, <clears throat> and the project was called Sea Force. Are you sure? That it wasn't called G Force, the movie with the hamsters. That was, <laughs> no, that I was, was thinking about that too. Someone stole the source code yeah. and made the movie from that. And Sony's like, oh no, DreamWorks. No. <laughs> the intention of C Force was to teach teamwork and leadership in realistic war scenarios, and they wanted to focus, wanted these to be focused with safety and efficiency. So, yeah, exactly. um, that's not why people play video games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So due to the stability, low cost and computational rendering power, of the new console generation, of PlayStation 2 and Xbox, uh, they were looking at using those for the training. Oh, yes. and due to legal reasons, basically for PlayStation, like they can't use PlayStation to for military purposes. Yeah. Uh, and Xbox had a. Uh, they had something called the persistence configuration, which allowed missions to get recorded on our hard drive to like review afterwards. Xbox got the contract. Oh, oh wow! So, yeah, PlayStation's <laughs> like, crap. God, God bless America. God bless Microsoft yeah. Xbox. <laughs> so, development started with Xbox, and due to the realization that like they could actually make a viable video game, <laughs> Microsoft was like, I like money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, why so why you say you a government contract? Hmm. I smell mm. money. Yeah. So why did you partner with U.S. Army to make a video game? Money. <laughs> <laughs> so they realized that to make a viable video game from this, it, it would have to differ from the training tool. And uh, they decided to kind of split them in two. So there is still a training, the training thing they made, but they also mm-hmm. like, hey, we can make a video game out of this. So uh, they split them. 
and they put exaggerated physics and they are the exaggerated physics that would go into the video game they realized would not be great for training because it's not realistic uh-huh and uh i gotta look up this game <laughs> oh the actual like yeah keep yeah. going keep going so c-force eventually turned into the game full spectrum warrior which is an amazing title to hear in that 2021 such an unfortunate <laughs> title uh so we'll move on i didn't i know i know i know several people that are full spectrum warriors <laughs> <laughs> wow this looks like a horrible that's, game that's most people i play counter-strike with actually, actually like it did really well actually yeah um i remember this so full spectrum warrior the game focused on commanding units using like you could command units to do strategy like suppressive mm -hmm. fire and it was not first person in i think a world of first person shooters so uh, okay. uh, it was third person and the game was about tactics and players and critics praised the game for how realistic the gameplay was hmm. um in 2003's e3 it was awarded the best original title and best simulation game what wow yeah wow Okay, looking X at the graphics, it just it did not look that good. It looked like one of those early Call of Duty or Battlefield games. Yeah, pretty much. Mm -hmm. X-Play. Rip. Yep, exactly. Morgan. Morgan Webb and Adam Sessler. Wait, that's that's what X... Did they then go on to do G4? No, X-Play was on G4. Yeah, it was the channel. No. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. Um... It was nominated for the 2004 Best Strategy Game, but Rome Total War beat it. Mm. An actual yeah. strategy game beat that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> next, crazy. we're going to talk about Star Wars Battlefront. So development started in 2002, and the idea was to create an online multiplayer shooter that would make it possible to play all the battles and worlds from the six Star Wars films. That they did accomplish. That I, I think say, yeah. out of out of battle like all of the stuff that happened with the original Battlefronts, the one thing I can praise it for is they had everything in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember when this came out. I loved this game. It was everything a Star Wars fan could have wanted. Yeah. Now, it didn't do like it did do well. Yes. But people like did not like parts of this game, especially critics and stuff. Yeah. All um, right. Before wait, before you go on, I have one thing to say because I just looked it up just to make sure. So they said development started in 2002, right? For mm -hmm. Star Wars Battlefront. There's a little game called Battlefield 1942 that released in 2002. Maybe there's some sort of coincidence. Maybe not. I'm not sure. But uh, I'll let you continue. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> so the game had around, maybe you know what these are, 1,200 Foley sounds. So like, I guess it's like ambient noises and things yeah. like Fo that. Foley, yeah. that's the name of the guy that he like hits like frying pans together and stuff. And that's like, <sighs> oh. I think his name is Jake Foley or Jack Foley, something like that. <laughs> And he's he's like they named it after him because he's the one that made sounds for like movies and music and he recorded like a bunch of different oh, weird stuff. I thought you were okay. <laughs> I didn't realize you were giving us a history lesson there. I thought this was all just oh. a joke buildup. No, that's real. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's actually a guy. Like his name is Jack or Jake, some Foley, because I just read about a Reddit like okay. literally a couple days ago. And oh, wow. he like he's the guy that whenever they're doing movie like movie sounds mm -hmm. and a lot of video game sounds like he's the guy that like set up like a weird booth and just like slapping frying pans yeah. and like <laughs> cookie yeah. sheets and everything and recording them and then like giving it to people and say that's what it is so like, he's like gunshots and all that stuff so if yeah, you ever is... if you ever wanted to know what getting or what punching somebody sounds like in a movie just punch a cabbage 
Oh, I yeah, saw that. That's what they used the one time. Yeah. yeah. In wow. some in some movie, uh, there was like a behind the scenes, and I watched it. And when they would go to punch somebody, they would just punch a cabbage. <laughs> all these all these cabbages just like it's time for the violence. <laughs> My to end. So hungry. <laughs> that's how Kim, uh, that's how kimchi is made. <laughs> so twelve hundred fully sounds. Uh, some of them were used from like already uh, made Star Wars material, and the others were recorded on a two day visit to the Skywalker Ranch. Whatever that means. Wow. Whatever yeah, it's George. That's George Lucas. <laughs> lo- love. Well, I know that. Whatever happened there stays there apparently. They, <laughs> some, all I know is that we they, we spent two days at Skywalker Ranch and we got twelve hundred sounds recorded. That's all I'm yeah. saying. And all of it's just like squishing noises. Like, <laughs> 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 and grunts. Um. So <laughs> George Lucas putting his belt back on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chewbacca. There's a there's a couple Itus in there too. Itu. Utini. <laughs> so uh I'm gonna probably butcher his name. Uh Timurera Morian. The guy that does Boba Fett. How do you say his first name? Oh, I have no idea. Boba Fett. Timura <laughs> yeah, Morian. That guy, he voiced all the clone troopers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Tom Kane was did uh he did Yoda and Akbar. <gasps> Admiral. So apparently this guy also, he did Yoda in one of the movies, too. I, I can't remember which one. It was like a... Maybe Google, I must. <laughs> Probably the ones that were coming out. Most likely. It was, one of, the, it was one of the prequels, I'm pretty sure. He had already voiced Yoda before this. Mm. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, So the computer version made $2.6 million within two years, selling around 290,000 copies. Wow. And by July of 2006, the PlayStation 2 version sold over 1.5 million and made over uh, $53 million. 1.5 million copies. Yes. Holy yes. moly. A little bit That's, more than I had, I had the PS2 version. So um, I played the PS2 had, version as well. I had the Xbox version. Mm. And combined by 2006, they, they sold over 3.8 million copies. So this one did well, a little bit better than the old ones. Yeah, now <laughs> we know why Pandemic stayed around. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, so they wow. they paid off their Santa Monica villa and uh, <laughs> yeah <clears throat> they uh, bought that pier. <laughs> yeah. got, Metacritic got gave it a seventy six on PC and eighty two on PS two and an eighty on Xbox. Which wow, I PC game, is super harsh. This this game blew me away. You could play as like sand people, like you could do mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. All the vehicles that you saw, you could use like the crappy Cloud City. Ve- John, they're yeah. not called sand people. Okay, they're called Tuscan Raiders. Get it right. <laughs> what does Obi Wan say in the first end in four? Uh oh. He's like they always travel like, in numbers. <laughs> Quick, we must make haste <laughs> to the minds of Moria. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Some some somebody that's listening to this is really mad right now because we yeah. butchered that. <laughs> His blue speakers. I um, think Obi Wan Kenobi's like Tupini. <laughs> Into. Into. Anyway, so the game is criticized for uh, horrible AI. It's just easy difficulty, lack of cohesion. Apparently, the AI was just brain dead. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a PS2 yeah, game. So, what do you expect? It lost, so it lost the Computer Game Magazine Best Soundtrack Award to Battlefield Vietnam in 2004. Battlefield Vietnam had okay. an amazing soundtrack. Yeah, the, Battle, that was, Battlefield that, Vietnam was amazing. It was awesome. It was actually legit. I played so much of that. 
Yeah. And the consensus of this game was that the single player portion of the game was bad. People didn't like Wait, the single there player. There was a single player? Exactly. <laughs> well, it's like, hey, we're going to make a multiplayer game. All game magazines, the single player game mode sucks. It's like, yeah, yeah obviously it's a multiplayer game. I yeah, played this by myself all the time and I loved it. Oh, I played the, I you know what the single player version was, was playing the multiplayer with bots. That's what the single player version I loved was. It. Oh, it was awesome. It was super awesome. Okay, so we all love that game. Let's move on to the next game, which I actually really, really, really liked, and I played a crap load of. In 2005, Mercenaries Playground of Destruction was released. Now, did you guys play this? Uh, no, I played Mercenaries Playground of Yellow. Oof. Mm. I never got to play mm. this game. I never, I've never played Mercenaries. This game, I don't even know if I've I think I've maybe seen gameplay. This game was actually really good. I I played it a ton. Um, you could get in helicopter. You could destroy everything, like all the buildings. Mm-hmm. You, like I was even it's in here somewhere, but you can uh, destroy every building in the entire game. Hmm. They yeah. come back eventually, obviously, but and they would turn into yellow ripple. Did I mention this game is incredibly yellow? <laughs> Did you look it up? Rebels? Huh? No, I just remember the box art. It's yellow. It's a black and yellow. Um, Oh. Box art. I saw it at GameStop every single time I oh. went there. So, yeah. this game was created in response to Grand Theft Auto 3 being a huge success. Mm-hmm. All these studios were scrambling to like, follow in their footsteps mm-hmm. and make money. Yeah. So, uh, the story was thin, but they figured out people would go off the rails, which is what people did because it was just a sandbox of just do whatever mm-hmm. you want. It's yellow because yeah. there's oh, an yeah. explosion. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the gameplay was yellow, too. No. No. Mm-hmm. And people just, they knew people would just want to cause as much trouble as possible. So, um, a little quick what this game's about. Throughout the game, the player's tasked with hunting down and verifying 13 targets of a suit. So, pretty much the entire game, you're going through and getting all 53, or was it, uh, how many cards are in a deck? 52. 50, 52 cards. So, mm-hmm. you, there's 52 targets. Are you serious? Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, you go, you go through each deck of like, yeah. you know, ace, uh, uh, clubs, diamonds, whatever. And Arts. then the ace is like the the highest target. Okay. And I think the Ace of Clubs is like the final boss. Play Ace and, of Spades. Yeah. So you, uh, yeah. So you go through and you cap. You can either kill or capture them. If you capture them, you get extra like intel for like the next one. So you're trying like to the, find them. They're all hidden throughout this, the world. Is this like the precursor to like the Shadow of Mordor, like Nemesis system? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, guess a little it, yeah. bit. Um, but too bad nobody can do anything cool like that because WB <laughs> patent that design. How do you patent game design, man? Uh, mm-hmm. So well, dumb. So yeah, well, you, you go through, get intel, you get these guys. I remember going through and I was actually capturing every single person in the game. I don't remember if I finished. I don't think I did, but I, I enjoyed it. It was just something fun to do. It was, it was uh, brainless fun. Like you just go and shoot and grab helicopters, blow everything up, tanks, and you're killing, like it's you're fighting North Korea like the entire time. They're the, they're mm-hmm. the main bad guys. And there's like three other factions and you could like either be good with them do missions for them or make them hate mm-hmm. you but north korea consistently like try to kill you the whole game that's nice um wow there was a lot of like north korean military games that came out around this time well, because a little bit afterwards you got crisis which you were on an yeah. island with north koreans that were trying and to get front. like alien tech and then you also home had Homefront too yeah where north yeah. korea well, invaded the well, u.s well, the only thing is, too, is like after a certain amount of time, like how many times can you use Russians? <laughs> so yeah, Rus- there's like Russians <laughs> or like, you know, like Middle East conflict. It's like, yeah. North North Korea has always been like how it is. So it's very mm-hmm. easy. To like, let's just make them bad guys because they're just kind yeah. of that way. Yeah. 
that's true. easy. It's easy to make them the bad guys because unless it's well, like Soviet yeah. Russia or like old like Russia, it's hard to like nowadays. It's like mm. what do you, what are the North Koreans gonna do? Hate us more? All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so this was actually published by Lucas Arts, which I didn't know that. And what? Uh, they did not obviously LucasArts did not make a lot of movies outside or games outside of their movie licenses. So this is like one of the, the oddballs. Mm-hmm. Um, the sound designer traveled to an Air Force base and recorded sounds from a C5 galaxy, like hydraulic noises, landing gear noises, other stuff like that, which is kind of hmm. cool. Um, like I said, you pick a faction, make others hate you or like you based on your play. Do you know what a C5 galaxy is? Yes, it's a big what? giant plane. Like an air, actual airplane or like a helicopter airplane? No, it's a massive, massive. It's like a cargo plane. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I only know AC-130s. And it's got a cool name. I want to say C-5s might be what the president uses, possibly. They're big. They just, they like transports pretty much. Okay. Um, hence the name Galaxy. It's freaking huge. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but like I said, you could, you could level every building in the game, including the faction buildings. And eventually they come back after a small period of time or when you die or you reload the game. Hmm. And this game was initially banned in South Korea due to depicting war in their still hostile theater. Mm-hmm. And Ghost Recon 2 also was banned at that time. <laughs> two, years, two years later, the ban was lifted. So hmm. You got over it quickly. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, yeah. They're, oh, this game's kind of cool. They're like, that was kind of sick, actually. <laughs> Wait, oh, we're killing wait. North Koreans? Yeah, you can kill North Koreans? Oh, okay. Oh, okay, we're good. <laughs> cool, no big deal. Uh, yeah, we also hate those guys. <laughs> so the next game they made was Destroy All Humans, which I think we all know this oh. about this game. Yeah, wow, so I didn't the, know this was so made this by is, Pandemic. So this is the era of, hey, we actually can make good games now? Yep. Yeah. Nice. So this game con- was conceived by a guy named Matt Harding. Mm-hmm. Who knows who that is? And nice par- using yeah. the the word con- uh, conceived and his last name Harding in the same oh. sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so apparently Microsoft <laughs> had rejected a more family friendly version of this game called Oddballs, and he jokingly suggested, "How about we make a game where you can kill everyone?" Yeah, <laughs> and that's way more fun. <laughs> Destroy All Humans was then conceived by Harding, mm-hmm. and, and that and that guy Microsoft's name Bill Gates. <laughs> <laughs> So Pandemic embraced this idea, giving it, you know, obviously that comedic approach, because you kind of mm-hmm. have to do that if you're going to just murder people nonstop. You have mm-hmm. to yeah. And uh, you had like a flying saucer. You had all these crazy weapons. Um, mm-hmm. The saucer had a death ray on it that could burn <laughs> humans, vehicles, buildings. You could abduct people. Um, you had on foot, you had the Zapomatic, which is a gun that emits electric charge. You had the anal probe. Uh, <laughs> Uh, disintegrator ray and the ion detonator so you have like cool stuff you can do on the ground i remember playing this i remember buying it and playing it and i i all i did was fly around and just kill stuff yeah. i never so, actually played the game so i heard like, that the the remake not the remaster good. because they actually like updated a lot of stuff yeah, so that's really i heard good. it's actually really yeah. good it looks good like too. really this, faithful this looks like i mean obviously it's based off of what is that movie the aliens movie oh, Attack oh. On, uh, on mars attacks yeah mars attacks yeah so obviously it's like kind of based off of it very similar to that kind of style but a video game format but it seems like this could almost be like just that alien version version of something like ratchet and clank where you just like oh, you're like yeah, kind of kind of is like you're kind of just like a goofy alien that just has jo- it's just a joke the whole thing is just like yeah. a joke where it's like yeah. oh i have you know because even ratchet clank's like oh, i have like a shark gun where i shoot sharks at people mm-hmm. yeah but hey cool good for them 
I don't yeah. know if you have it in here, but I believe the main character was voiced by the guy that did Invader Zim. I don't know. Hmm. Let me see. I could possibly try and see that. There's a good possibility of that. No, 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 no. It's your Overlord is voiced by the guy that did Invader Zim. Hmm. Um, no, I need to keep going. We can look it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So the game did really well. It had positive reviews. It was called pretty much Grand Theft Alien. <laughs> like that was like a, one of the game reviews just called it that um and then harding left on an asian walkabout after the game was released so i don't know what that was about what, but he decided what? to he went on an asian walkabout what does that even mean what like, is that like you know, a walkabout he like went, where you, he just you went built, to asia forever yeah he went to asia and just and went just to the mountains traveled well because he made so much money he could just do that again remember crocodile dundee he did the walkabouts and he would just go mm-hmm. leave for like a week and just go do yeah. stuff in the woods but this guy just like went to asia and he's like Oh, I don't know how to get back. So he, Why he am I in a, Mongolia? He went on Genghis a spiritual Khan. quest to Asia and then figured things out for himself. Then he came back and made... <laughs> no, just kidding. So, also in 2000 and... Uh, what year are we in? Five. Star Wars Battlefront 2 was made. Oh, wow. They made it so. a year later? <clears throat> well, I guess, okay, development of the the other one started in 2002. So as soon as but the game was released, released a year later? start development on the next one, so... Well, and they do they do, have do two studios, so you gotta think like they're all working okay. on their own thing anyway. Update mm-hmm. on the voice. Yes, Richard Steven Horvitz is the voice actor for Orthopox. He did Invader Zim. He also did characters in Psychonauts, uh, The Angry Beavers, Grim uh, The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, like pretty yeah. much our entire childhood. This guy yeah, nice. was a voice actor in something. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. I loved Grim Adventures of Billy Mandy. Fallout 76. (laughs) 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 All right, go ahead. So, Battlefront 2. LucasArts looked to the fans for inspiration for Battlefront 2. So, okay. Starting (laughs) off the bat, they looked to see what the fans wanted from the second one. Wow, Mm -hmm. what an idea. More Star Wars. What? (laughs) Well, no, like, they were like, hey, we're making another, we want to make another Battlefront 2 game, or Battlefront game. What did you guys not like about the first one so we can fix it for the second one? They okay. went to forums and other, and they've got feedback for the sequel from fans. And weird, why would any game company do that? Yeah, I know. I read that. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's because Battlefront Two was awesome. Like, it was an awesome game. Yeah. Um, let's see. <clears throat> so I wrote in here like they they had a lot of problems getting it to play on the PlayStation Portable. They just had yeah. immense problems getting it to work on that. Uh. And then later on, in the like after the game was released, they did come out with PC, like a patch for the PC version to include mods, let them mod the hmm. game. Wow, wow, why why is that so hard for people to do? Huh. Luckily, this company actually cared about that, and they you could like generally improve the game. So that's kind of cool to to see that they did that. Hmm. But they came out with DLC for the game, which I didn't know was actually a thing. Wow. But uh, so a month and a half later, LucasArts released the first two downloadable packages for the Xbox version of Battlefront 2. The free content, this one, first one was free. The free content added a Hero Assault mode, the Kashyyyk. Another Xbox Live download was made available January 31st, so a little bit after it came out. Uh, and it added two new heroes, Kit Fisto and Asajj Ventress. And oh, four wow. Maps, uh, including Yavin 4, Arena Bespin, Cloud City, Rainvar Harbor and Rainvar Citadel, and then uh, Hero Assault modes were added to Coruscant, Megiddo, and Naboo, and it cost five dollars. 
So, in my opinion, that's not bad. Get, I that's bet you people, amazing. That I would be twenty dollars easy yeah. today. I bet you people are freaking out about that thing. Five dollars. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. What probably. the? Why do I have to pay money for content? So, lesson learned. They were praised for having a better single player storyline, and they also fixed a lot of the issues that were wrong with the first one. Holy crap. Hmm. If you actually fix your game, people like it. <laughs> but AI was still kind of stupid. And um, I I don't remember them being that bad. I, I remember it not being a hard game, but I remember they would just stand it. around. I but remember I they it. would just stand around. Yeah. Oh, OK, so, yeah, they were still having problems. Uh, so I won Game Revolution. Some game you know reviewer said if the multiplayer was taken away, the new campaign was still not enough to make it worth the buy, which it's not really meant to oh. be that that's just an extra add-on to me like that uh, well, at least, which i like the single player too i i don't know Headphone <laughs> at least at least both battlefront 2s suffer from the same problem <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh ign said it suffered from the same problems from from the original such as lacking challenging ai in the single player mode but i i don't remember having any problem with it when i was also younger too so i might have something to do yeah. with it but yeah. i got a cool star wars game that i liked Mm-hmm. I could play literally almost every character because that in Battlefront 2 they added heroes too because you can play yeah. heroes in the first one mm-hmm. and I could play Boba Fett or whatever I could play you know Luke Skywalker I could play any of these and have a ton of fun just mowing down people I mm-hmm. also remember like you could if you played it enough you could unlock like special versions of guns mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah. if I got enough kills with a pistol in a certain way I got like the unlock the zoom pistol and I remember the battle rifle. If you got like a j- bajillion kills on it, you got like the pulse rifle and it instantly killed everything. It was super <laughs> crazy overpowered strong. Or Yoda being fun to play that because he's so tiny. He's like, he like never yeah. got hit. <laughs> yeah. He did, the, <laughs> he, did, he did the Clone Wars fight where he's like, yeah, flipping around. And <laughs> yeah. He's flipping around everywhere. Um, yeah. Late 2005, a partnership was announced between Pandemic and Canada's BioWare with the private equity fund Elevation Partners investing in the partnership. Both companies did retain their own their own identities, though. They like they didn't. Mm. Yeah. They're not like doing anything together. They're just kind of owned by the same per- people, pretty much. Mm. Gotcha. So they're doing well. Battlefront 2 did well. So they're mm. still making some good money. They got bought out again, so they probably got more money. Um, mm. In 2006... These two next games I kind of just read really fast because they're just sequels. Battlefront yeah. 2 is a bigger sequel, but the 2006 Full Spectrum Warrior 10 Hammers came out. Uh, it, proved, it improved from the last one, had co-op, pretty much a better version than the first, and it just did okay. But okay. it's just a sequel to the first one. Destroy All Humans 2 came out. Uh, its setting was 10 years after the first one. They had new weapons in it. It did well. People thought it was an improvement. It made, thir- it made $13 million in America alone. So, Wow. Um, okay good for that yeah just more just both are pretty much their sequels their improvements yeah same as battlefront but battlefront 2 is um, more interesting than these two in my opinion yeah. but um in 2007 here's where the world ended Electro- <laughs> electronics electronic arts purchased vg holding the parent company of pandemic and bioware and and <laughs> john, in late john, 2007 john just like face palmed <laughs> while reading that <laughs> my my life ended when EA bought Bioware. And, EA, EA and just had pandemic. the they had tons of money. They had the resources to support large these like these companies and the large amount of developers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I even wrote my notes. This is when the world wept and my life was over. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, 
So this is kind of sad. So part of the problem was that Pandemic's business model is based on support from a large number of publishers. They weren't always sticking with one publisher. They were moving around. Yeah. Um, and they were there was no single like no single company controlled them, which they is really just, smart. Until yeah, so they, they let somebody buy a parent company. Yes. Yeah. Um. So. Which I guess that, you can't really like have. You don't have control over that. But why would you? Why well, would you let yourself be owned by another company then? If that's well, your you, plan. Yeah. I mean. Well, you kind of do because it's like okay. At this point, pandemic was still pandemic, right? It says, "Hey, they there's a partnership in between pandemic and Bioware, and they're going to be owned by this people." And they're like, "Okay, but we're still saying I'm still pandemic. You're still Bioware. We just have a parent company to give us like cash infusion." But then the problem is, if that was if they're just like a like a hedge fund, like capital fund, where they just have you know, hey, we own you, and you're going to give us money, but we're going to give you resources, whatever. Okay, cool. But then the real problem is that whenever EA goes and buys them, then they're screwed because then they're like, oh, wait, we don't have we can't control our own stuff anymore. Before that, yeah. these other the, these elevation partners, they don't really care what they're doing. As long as they're making money, they're fine. They're not like, hey, you need to go and make Destroy Humans 3 because they don't really know what anything that and that's kind of how that stuff works. Anyways, I, I kind of see it, too, as like. I think you might have said this, but VG Holding is just a parent company. They yeah. probably don't care. They're probably like, you'd keep on doing what you're doing. Yeah, EA, as long as you make us money and hit your goals, we you can do EA is you a want. gaming company. Like, yeah, like like we've talked about with Anthem, they went and 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 demoed the product, and they're like, "This yeah. sucks. Go make it make better, make it better." And they're all want to make money, but I mean, like, <laughs> this this sucks. Make better. <laughs> this sucks. Make better. A- ape together strong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so with pandemic under lock and key, there's uh, destroy all humans and Battlefront was snatched away from them and handed over to the developers. Which we know Battlefront just did fantastic. So whoever, like you know, Dice, did, it. Dice just Knocked crushed it. it. Out you guys of did the park. Yeah, uh, but Mercenary stayed with them, so <laughs> <laughs> at least they kept that. Um, and then uh, you know, obviously they would have access to a whole bunch of more licenses because the Electronic Arts, Electronic Arts is massive. Not Triple Play though, because they they messed that one up. <laughs> the Electronic Arts <laughs> like, hey, remember us? We own you now. But okay, okay. Tell me if I'm wrong or not, right? So they made two Battlefront games. They're really good. Pretty much not critical acclaim, but like sell a lot, make a lot of money, right? Cool. Everybody likes Battlefront 1 and 2. The reviewers, whatever, they sell a decent amount of copies. Destroy Humans, people call it Grand Theft Alien. Everyone loves this thing, right? Yeah. Mercenaries comes out. A lot of people really like Mercenaries games. They said it's really cool, right? So they get bought out, and EA, the first thing they do, hey, you have a really good business decision, let's take away the games that they did really good on and not let them make it anymore. Yeah. Why do you suck at making games? Why oh did Battlefront not God. Do oh, my God. So I, EA makes me want to have, like, an aneurysm. Like, I mean, just look at, Lord. Look, look at Bioware. I mean. I know. Holy crap. Um, <sighs> and, you, you know, you don't necessarily know it's all their fault. Like, you... It's easy to blame them, but we really don't know exactly what happened behind the scenes. Um, what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm not <laughs> yeah. saying. Are you not, saying don't blame EA? No, I'm not saying. I'm saying we just don't know everything. Now it's what? messed up. It's messed Tread up. Tread lightly. I'm just, you know, I don't like them. But why do you I mean, have F- why do you have FIFA 21 and playing on your TV in the background, John? I I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he starts moving away all the cards, like the V-Bucks <laughs> cards for whatever the Ultimate Teams is. Like, oh, just put it in a drawer. Anyways, so yeah, EA is not that fault, guys. I promise. Tim Sweeney comes out. He's like, hey, where's the soda at? <laughs> oh, whoops. Oops, turn off the camera. Episode's over. <laughs> Sweeney. <laughs> he comes around and just his boxers like, oh. Oh, you're recording. <laughs> oh. He's like, hey, babe, oh where's the episode? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got any more whales? You got any more whales? <laughs> I like how they make my lips salty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Um, so 2008, Mercenaries number two, World in Flames, comes out. So I don't know if I played this one. I don't think I did. I don't remember. Mm. Kind of funny. So... EA, so probably had like, another very yellow cover probably <laughs> so uh in preparation for selling this game ea took over the last stop petrol station in fin finsbury park north london on the release day of the game in order to give away two thousand twenty thousand pounds worth of petrol for free <laughs> with each driver receiving a maximum of 40 pounds worth the petrol station was transformed into a military bunker with sandbags oil barrels and jeeps the, air, the area's member, uh, the area's member of par- parliament, uh, whoever described, Lynn. yeah, Lynn <laughs> Featherstone described the campaign as ill thought out media stunt, and it created a ton of traffic congestion. <laughs> I just thought that was really weird that they had that so, in there. So they're like, "All right, this is what we're gonna do." It's kind of like that. Uh, do you remember when the, uh, Xbox is doing that Tomb Raider challenge where people had to like stand on that sign? They had to stand on that billboard. There's like 10 people and there's like little spots on a billboard. They had to stand in front of it and they did crazy weather effects. Like they just sprayed them with water and they put like fans and like made it really cold and then really hot. And whoever know. stood up there the longest won like $100,000. It was like a, yes, it's like a two meter survival that. event. Yeah, and yeah. like you just had to stand there for like, and the people stood there for like 15 or 16 hours just get like sprayed with water like all night, all day long. And then somebody won it, and they're like, "Yay!" It's like like mini Survivor thing. It was all for Tomb Raider. It's like, what does this have to do with Tomb Raider? Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're giving away gas for free, and it's like, what okay, people. Are- Companies don't realize the lengths people will go to get free things. Yeah, <laughs> especially right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, in the past, now, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Exactly. Um, so uh, this game had an intelligent AI, which seems to be a problem with with this company they just cannot make good ai um uh both your problem with everybody both friendly and enemies were just stupid and it was also had uh issues with the voice acting with having like super repetitive lines which we've all heard in games where they just say the same stupid thing over and over again nope nope nowhere nope (laughs) yeah uh gunplay wasn't fun there's tons of bugs collision detection problems they did add co-op to it so that's cool um (laughs) mercenaries 2 is nominated for the dubious honors worst game everyone played by GameSpot in 2008 game awards whoa holy crap which was a category for games with large scales that had been uh panned large large sales large excuse me large sales that had been panned by the critics wow (laughs) So it made it, they nice. they sold a lot, but the critics hated it. Pretty much as yeah. what yeah. this award was for. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. I'm glad that well, they got that. Well, and they also gave it the most disappointing game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. That sucks. Uh, wait. So, huh? Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, you're you're reading further. 
Yeah. Uh, so the game was criticized by the Venezuelan government, accusing the U.S. government of trying to drum up support from the American public for a real-life invasion of Venezuela with the purpose of overthrowing Hugo Chavez. <laughs> what? Yeah. I think somebody was a little paranoid. Yeah. Uh, because well, To be fair, Pandemic was working with the U.S. Army making training aids. For the <laughs> okay, soldiers. this is true. This All is right. true. It, that's fair. Yeah, that's it's very kind of fair. It's funny, but it's also kind of fair. And uh, in response to this, uh, in response to the criticism, the official website of the game included the following disclaimer. Pandemic Studios is in the business of entertainment. It has not been contracted by the U.S. government agency uh, concealing the uh, development of Mercenaries 2 or concerning the development of Mercenaries 2. All person storylines and events are purely fictional and bear no relation to real events. As with any number of games, movies and books, the decision to choose interesting events and locations is purely designed to tell a compelling story as well as provide fun and rich experience for the gamer. So I'm assuming in Mercenaries 2, you just go pull up Venezuela, basically? For, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Seems but, legit. Pandemics yeah. just... Legit. They're, they're, they're puttering, puttering out right now. They're just, it's like... it's. It seems like, all right, guys, we finally figured out. We figured out we can make a good We're game. Good at two make, games. <laughs> make a couple. Yeah, we yeah. can make a couple of good games. We can make a couple of good sequels that everyone's like not too like they're not amazing games. They're probably like 70s, 80s. Like we're making OK money. All right. Finally, we can calm down. And then EA just like kicks in the door. Give me your stuff. We were thinking about making Battlefront 3. Like, nah, that's mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're gonna give that to Bioware. They're really good at making There's ten dollars games. Mercenaries uh, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. So, Mercenaries two obviously didn't do fantastic, but uh, in two thousand nine, somehow they got a lot. They got through AA. They got the license for Lord of the Rings. And what I was reading was they were kind of having. Okay, it must be really easy to acquire these licenses. <laughs> we should just acquire as many as we can. So. Oh. PCR uh, about this. acquire the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so they said they were like meddling with the idea, I guess, of a Lord of the Rings game, and then they got it. Like well, they well, EA, well, EA made two towers to turn the King games and all that. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they made the old one. So they probably still had contacts over there to make the more Lord of the Rings games because they made the, the really good game, two towers and return. So the I guess what they were the saying is, I guess what they're saying is they like, uh, pandemic was like, man, it'd be really cool to make a uh, uh, Lord of the Rings game, and he is like, hey, we want you to make a Lord, a Lord of the Rings game. And they're like, awesome, cool. Mm-hmm. So, John, um, what you're saying is, that if I just wish for it enough, it'll happen, right? Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> That's how the world works. There's a couple yeah. <laughs> things that I wish were a little bit bigger for me. <sighs> your your, your ego, like my like my <laughs> uh, my podcast audience, guys. Come on. Hey, I said your ego. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so this game, it's called Lord of the Rings Conquest, and it kind of looks the same as the Two Towers, just a lot crappier, in my opinion. Uh, it does not look fun to me. At Stellar all. reviews for I, the PC I watched it and I was like, Yuck! This game looks crappy. Um, <laughs> Yuck! And he went, he went and gargled after he watched the trailer for this. You know, I was like, you know when you when, <laughs> when you go to like a. a web page or whatever no i think it's like open critic or metacritic it takes like a one sentence out of the entire review to summarize it if we had one it would just say yuck yeah this game looks bad i, I watched videos like oh i think i'm gonna be sick and i ran my uh so it lacked the same 
like the same polish that Mercenaries <laughs> 2 did. So I, I don't know what happened to them. What is happening? I don't they know. Did, they just reskinned Mercenaries 2 and put Aragorn <laughs> in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, running, he's running around Venezuela <laughs> killing Leg- Legless, what does your 16 times scope see? <laughs> <laughs> Venezuelans on the horizon. <laughs> Uh, it did support co-op, but the uh, substance wasn't there to hold people in to play it. Um, ended up being more of a button masher, which is exactly what it looked like to me. <laughs> you mean Two Towers and Return of the King? Those are fun games, though. Yes, um, this is true. <laughs> it, like I said, it doesn't look fun at all. They sought to, they sought to create a hyper-real experience. And the With orcs is, and dragons. <laughs> and I, I wrote this down because I was going to see if it made sense to you all, but this is their, their explanation of a hyper-real experience. Uh, their example was he. The example they stated was rather than take Aragorn, actor Viego, uh, Viego Mortensen. Let you me get talk. the king. You get the king's name right, sir. Yes, his name. They, they, <laughs> instead of taking his the actor's performance, the character in the game performs performs moves which uh, Mortensen himself may not have been able to capture. So he's just like bending over backwards, like upside down. So that's yeah. not hyper real to me. That's fake. Hyperrealist. Yeah. That's the opposite. <laughs> what? And looking at the gameplay was not. Are you real. sure there was wasn't weird. like parentheses around hyperreal experience? It's, we acquired the license, <laughs> but didn't acquire any of the actors. What really happened is they're like, "Hey, uh, Vigo, can oh. you come? Can oh you come do God. some like stuff?" He's like, "No, stupid. That's stupid. I ain't doing that." Yeah. yeah Who dude, are you guys again? It's like Square. <laughs> it's like Square Enix's Avengers game. Oh, it's just God. like it's Tony Stark, and it's yeah. just like budget, but it's Robert a more Downey realistic Jr. version of him. It's me, Robert uh, De Niro. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Iron Man. <laughs> so, um, they did develop like <clears throat> they did update their engine to allow 150 units on the screen or in the battlefield at one time, and the film actors reprise their roles in cutscenes. Which are archived footage from the film? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, I think the the only person that that was not or that showed himself in the game or whatever outside of that was Hugo Weaving Elrond. He was the mm. only person that was like original cast. All their oh, okay. cast members were replaced by voice doubles. So why did you wow. uh, why did you want to be in in this game? I need money. money. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh wow! Yeah, Hugo Weaving was in it. Everybody else was just in the cutscenes, which were just from the movie, uh, and everybody else was just stand-ins for everybody else. So that's so mm-hmm. crazy. That's uh, nuts. The first downloadable content was released a little bit later, and it featured two maps for the game: the game's hero mode, Hero Arena, which sounds lame, and it was not shipped due to time constraints with the game. So I was really trying to find if they had if you had to pay for this, and I couldn't find out if it costs money, because I was been like, man, if they charge and it literally says they couldn't do it because of time constraints, and they just sold it later. Yeah, I could not terrible. find if it costs money because it came out you know in two thousand nine, so I had to be looking up right. old articles for it, and it obviously don't sell anymore. So, right. Um, but a second downloadable pack did come out in two, later on in two thousand nine, or like a month or two later, two months later, I think, and. It had three new heroes, Bormir, Arwen, and Gothmog, whoever that is. Who's Gothmog? Gothmog? Yeah. I don't know. And, but you, and then do you guys new, know? Huh? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I, I was had, reading. I was <laughs> reading. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I, I got off on like a tangent of 
the part I was looking up the voice actor because it looked really familiar. The guy that does the voiceover for Legolas, Crispin Friedman, is like a lot of main characters in anime. Yeah, he's, he sounds he's, very popular. He's Alucard and Helsing, and he's like he's in oh, Wolf Train, wow. my favorite anime. He's in Ghost in the Shell. He's in Demon Slayer. He's in like everything. It's kind of crazy when you look up these voice actors. They do Dude, they've like a lot. And, oh, he's in yeah. Code Geass too. Really? Who? Uh huh. I don't know oh. some character. that's not the main guy. <laughs> so I, I didn't say all their names. There's, it, it has all. I wrote all their names down, but I, I don't yeah. know who any of them are just based off their names. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, so they added more stuff in this. It had two new maps, uh, Amon Hin and the Last Alliance, and two new hero arenas. Who cares a crap about that? And uh, this one actually was paid. I think it was ten dollars. Thought I wrote it down. Uh, still i mean for dlc that adds quite a bit like yeah. a 10 bucks i'm okay with dlc i am okay with paid expansion packs i don't mind that this one's not bad either because i mean i said that from the characters start. which who knows how that was in that game right added maps um now i did say who cares about the hero arenas but it was menace tirith and weathertop that's cool areas of this of the series yeah um and dude and that's the thing too right I don't you remember that article that came out? It wasn't an article. It was a video that came out a couple months ago where there was a guy that was talking about how much a skin costs in a video game. And he was like, oh, it costs like about fifty thousand dollars to make a skin. Right. Like a reskin for a character in a popular multiplayer game. Yeah. OK. And that's why companies. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense because different different people will work on it for like probably a week or so. Right. And it just gets passed off. You add up that that salary that that person would have earned in that week, and then you could probably end up in the tens of thousands of dollars per skin of like work hours, right? So yeah. it costs them that much. That makes sense, right? But you have to think how many people are going to be buying that. You're going to make your money back immediately, right? Yeah. If it's anything over a dollar, you're making it back almost instantly. Exactly. Exactly. So my thing is, companies could make all of this stuff in a paid expansion pack. That's $10 that costs less than skins in like Apex today because the Apex skins are like $30 for one skin and a charm that dangles on your gun. Hey, I'm just saying like it don't believe anybody anybody says about them needing to charge that much for DLC and skins. It is total bullcrap. I'm as a weird transition. I'm glad you brought up Apex because I was about to bring it up because the main character, the guy that did the voice for Aragorn and Lord of the Rings Conquest, is also the voice actor for Pathfinder in Apex Legends. Oh, really? seriously? Yeah, Crazy. I'm looking up right now. Yeah, I'm looking up. And I was like, wait, what is this? And he's like, yeah. He's like, oh, recently he's he's also Sid Highwin in like every Final Fantasy game, like yeah. Advent Children and everything. But he, yeah, he's like Pathfinder. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how much yeah. he made for that. I wonder how much he made for doing Pathfinder. Fifteen bucks. Like, hey, we got a bacon eater for Wendy's. It's cold, but it's yours if you <laughs> oh, I'm so hungry. Um, so, anyway, so uh, a year, just about a year after the game came out, uh, they shut down, EA shut down the, the uh, uh, online multiplayer modes conquest. So, I remember, yikes. I remember being excited for this game, like I wanted to buy it. Good thing you didn't. And then, and then I didn't, I was like, I'll wait. And then it was invisible. Yeah, yeah, so it got pretty bad reviews. It was criticized for his AI. What do you know? Um, 
uh, IGN said a boss just like walked off the cliff and killed itself while they were playing it. Like, oh, okay, that, was a, that was an easy boss fight. Uh, Game Informer felt the AI appeared to be tripping on acid as they stared blankly at walls and sunsets. Uh, why? Why? Why do game companies like big game companies not make reviews like this anymore? Like, why? They're I don't so know. scared of it. Game Informer used to be cool. Um, yeah. They also cited other technical issues, such as player character being yanked off the ledge by a mysterious force <laughs> and the game failing to register button inputs. And then it also had substandard graphics. So, crap game. Yikes. Um, I mean, I don't know what it is with this company, and they just cannot get AI right. Like, they can't just do it right. It's because they're copying and pasting. The AI in this game is from, like, 10 Battle years ago. One. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, the last game in that are I didn't, 2009 i did i didn't know that they made this game mm-hmm. so i will, huh? you, yeah. I know you've played yeah. this jones mm-hmm. for sure i didn't have a ton on this one but i know you you know more about it i, mean, I have a couple things for it but i can i can tell you a couple things about it. we can go but, first yeah let me go first. Yeah, yeah let him go first yeah so um i all i had was, had that weird color-coded gameplay where if it was like super gray if nazis had taken over like an area mm-hmm. and then it turned to color once you brought it back yeah. um this is some technical stuff, but after the game was released, customers reported. Wait, 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 wait! Did you say the name? Yeah, the saboteur. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't say it. The saboteur. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the last game is the saboteur. My bad. Um, but this is this is the last game of pandemic. After they made this, you know, yikes! They closed their yikes. doors. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Sorry, I forgot to say it. Um, so after the game is released, customers reported the game was unplayable with an ATI graphics card. Some Big game, yikes. some game re, uh, retailers, including Direct to Drive, had placed a warning on their websites declaring problems with the game's compatibility. A workaround required that the user you had to disable multi-core processing entirely, <laughs> which would significantly wow. decrease their computer's performance. <laughs> um, that employees acknowledged the issue and released a beta patch on a certain date. The patch stated the users with quad-core CPUs would possibly have severe streaming issues, which required restricting the game to a single core as a workaround. Yikes. My God. This was despite the game's recommended uh, specifications listing a quad-core. <laughs> Dude, how? So, like, hey, we recommend using like... quad-core, but you can't do that. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> All right. So, I actually just reinstalled Saboteur because I got EA... Uh, pass play pass from, from xbox definitely check the pc gaming wiki before you play that yes but uh i haven't gone into it yet but the saboteur was and i think i i don't know when i talked about this on the show before but the saboteur was that the game the first game that i played when i got like an actual like kind of gaming pc got mm-hmm. a uh i had a q6600 quad core at a gtx 260 and i was like blazing speeds i didn't so the game itself is actually really fun you start off as like a drunk race car irish drunk race car driver and then like you're just like racing cars around and the war's going on but you're just like a drunk and you just don't care about the war at all and like your brother's with you and you like ram you like try to like run a group of like nazis off the road and they like ram your car and they like kill your brother <laughs> and then you get pissed and then you end up somehow you go to france and you're like i'm gonna kill all the nazis now <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like the premise of the game but it's really really cool because the city it starts out it's all black and white and that was a really cool feature like it's really like and the deeper you get into like nazi controlled territory of paris like it's it's like it's really hardcore like dark like really dark grays and like sharp edges and whatnot and basically you go from like place to place at 
through the story and you're supposed to take over parts you like to like liberate france basically mm-hmm. and uh paris and basically as you liberate areas it's it's really cool like all the color comes back and they do like a really cool panning where like all the color and everything and so you'll be walking through an area and it will be everything in color and then you like cross the border and everything will go back to black and white it was really cool but you had the mechanics of like climbing up it's like a third person shooter like great driving and stuff I mean, it's not a perfect game by any means, but it had really cool features in it. And it was unique. It was unique for what it was. Yeah. And I mean, I like World War stuff, World War II stuff. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So it um, was really cool. The game did pretty good. We got a lot of eight out of tens ish area. Mm-hmm. So it did. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah. So also this is these. And keep in mind, when I'm talking about all these games in these years, it's not like I'm not doing a specific order. I'm just doing, hey, this year this came out kind of thing. So, yeah. In February of 29 of 2009, so this I think this happened before, obviously, this game came out. Let's see if I put a date on here. I didn't, but... Yeah, it uh, did. It did. So, Brisbane's office was shut down in mm-hmm. Australia. So, mm-hmm. nine months later in November, so after the saboteur, EA cut a total of 1,500 jobs. Yikes. Which affected various studios, including Pandemic, and on uh, in November... So, in November, yeah, so... Mm-hmm. On November 17th, EA officially confirmed Pandemic's closure, laying off 228 people. Wow, it's a lot of people that live in Los Angeles that have no jobs, and that is not a yeah. place you want to be without a job. Yeah. yeah. Um, and <clears throat> the company absorbed thirty-five people into its EA Los Angeles studio. My God. Which little background? Just I used to drive by EA's studio a lot where I worked because yeah. they were right pretty yeah. close to LAX where I was working. You used to spin on it as you drove and by. <laughs> they always had lights out in their in their name. I always thought that was kind of funny. She tried to write it. Yuck. <laughs> oh, I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> but I would drive by and they had electronic arts. Unless that was just a, a like an office building, but it was some. The of, electronic part is is the one well, that's flickering. Some of, the letters, some of the letters were always out on their sign. I was like. Yeah, it's hmm. probably because all the people that lay off us are throwing rocks at the sign. Yeah. True. Um, True. But they absorbed 35 of the employees into its Los Angeles studio to support the t- saboteur and and unannounced a project which would later be revealed to be Merck's Inc. as sequel to the Mercenary series, which I don't think ever came out, as far as I know. Uh-uh, and did not. And in response, four former, former employees of the studio created Office Space-style video where they were shown smashing their office printer. <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> so, over a dozen former Pandemic developers are now employed at 343 Industries, having worked on Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary and Halo 4. Other former employees have gone to work for Infinity Ward, Treyarch, Respawn, well, Respawn Entertainment, who EA would later acquire, obviously. <laughs> Yikes. Well, no, I, not again. And Nintendo <laughs> Games and many others. So they all kind of- I, I think I know the people that went to to 343 Industries. It was the AI people and whoever QA tests it, which is probably nobody. Uh, uh, can like, you imagine? Like, what's a QA? Oh, oh yeah. Oops. Can you imagine you go work for Infinity Ward? You're like, finally, we're going to make some good games. And yeah. then like it gets like butchered. And they're like, all right, we're leaving to go make Respawn. Finally, make some good games. And then <laughs> it's like not. EA buys them again, kicks in the door again. Like, not again. <laughs> well, no. well, look who we got well, here. Look what the cat drug in. So, some pandemic employees. To finish up our our love story here with Pandemic, they had a couple of games that had got canceled. So the first one is called Batman the Dark Knight. Triple triple play baseball. Triple play baseball oh, to <laughs> double play. Electric, electric boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, triple play two, making it to second base. <laughs> uh, Yikes. So Batman the Dark Knight, it was going to be the very first open world video game to have Batman, like based on Batman. Okay. And it was going to be based off uh, the Dark Knight movie. Mm-hmm. And it, it to me, it sounded like it was Grand Theft Batman. I mean, it, <laughs> it was almost like Arkham City. It sounded like Arkham City, kind of. Like you can yeah. traverse Gotham. Well, so. it's it's a good thing that they didn't release something like this because Warner Bros. would have been in, like they were already making Arkham Asylum. That's, so EA yeah. said that they lost uh a hundred million dollars in potential potential revenue for this game not coming out. Yeah, but the license. Well, even it, if it did release, it would not have held up against Asylum. No. Uh, Asylum. Well, I guarantee it. The license did not renew and reverted back to Warner Brothers, which went on to release the Batman Arkham games. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the next game they had was Mercenaries Three: No Limits, and <laughs> I found a really early footage video of the game, mm-hmm. and it looked like crap. But it was like super, wow. super early because yeah, it, it, it early went to video a cutscene, and it was all storyboard. Still, uh, was oh, okay. Are you sure it wasn't Mercenaries Three: No Bueno? <laughs> <laughs> Mercenaries Three not coming out. Uh, <laughs> not no releasing. <laughs> not, remember, no release. And, <laughs> remember no releasing uh so no I, venezuelan <laughs> it's, it's hard to judge it on that because it's super early like but they to me it's like i hate when companies continue to make something that's already failing like the yeah. mercenaries 2 was a bomb just stop make the, come yeah. up with a new idea john stop talking about destiny like that come on now <laughs> and, and borderlands and the last game they had was it was called stop like, it's already dead <laughs> <laughs> they had it was called the next big thing or no limits racing and apparently like however you, there was like a video that came out and it kind of said both the names apparently i don't know but it was like a, it was for the wii and it had like you racing with your me character so mario kart i don't know wow so, man such me, a re- shame they didn't kart. release that but um that was a good joke jones i heard that Mirio card. <laughs> Yuck. Yuck. <laughs> uh so that's it for pandemic. So let's let's answer our famous questions. Uh do you think they're in a good spot? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Do you guys okay, if you're listening to this, if you've ever seen the gif of William Defoe with a crazy smile and look on his face. He's in the is... back of a car and he turns <laughs> to look at the camera with it. <laughs> like an insane smile uh that's what john has as a gift there do you think they're in a good spot <laughs> so uh, no they're not in a good spot i think i can answer all three of us they, considering they're like, dead well, going through all this research and stuff like they never did that good they had a couple good titles but they consistently had problems that they never picked they never had good ai ever in any of their games yeah they were like a turd sandwich so there was like turds at the beginning and then there was like okay in the middle and then more and turds it, at the end and then EA ate that absorb them. And then also, it's like they never seem to be able to make a good single player. Yeah, I'll be Man, honest. They're just like I think a lot of people growing up that around our age would have said that Pandemic is a good studio before listening to this, yes. right? Because that's what I thought. The, the, you you their, think about the good thing. Well, yeah, because their logo is ingrained in your brain. The mm-hmm. yellow pandemic logo is in, ingrained mm-hmm. in your brain because you booted up Battlefront so many so times. Many times yeah. yeah, or well, like Mercenaries One, or destroy all humans. Right, like all like good, you so, know. And I played the crap out of Battlefront and Mercenaries, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So obviously they're in a bad they're in a bad spot. They, and then obviously too, it's like you know I always had good fond memories, but they closed. They didn't do anything yeah. right. Like they closed for a reason. I didn't. Yeah. 
Dude, I didn't know that it was two thousand. Like, I know now. I'm thinking about it that okay, makes sense. I haven't seen anything from them, but I didn't realize it's been that long since they've. Because it's the running joke of like, oh, EA buys a company, they take them out back and shoot them. Like we've said on the show many, many times. I've been doing it I, didn't over a decade. It, I didn't realize it had been like 12 years since pandemic's yeah. been closed yeah. already. Yeah. And, and I also, yeah, it's crazy. Where do we think they're going to go from here? I want to change that to what do you think they could have done to not close down? Which I think we kind of already answered. But I, I personally think like if they obviously they, they needed a new IP that wasn't mercenaries because mercenaries just yeah. bombed them. And yeah, well, considering the they had the saboteur, that was pretty good. Well, but it no, wasn't this good is enough. what this is what happened. Uh, they be, made a partnership with Bioware, and everything went downhill from there. Yeah, honestly, well, which like, I mean, back then though, making a partnership with Bioware would have seemed like a great idea. They were well, making okay. hits. Okay, but there's a difference between making a partnership with Bioware and letting some a company buy you with no. Bioware. Well, I know, but you can't really stop a company from buying you. I mean, if you're still a privately owned company, you can. Yes. Yeah, okay. I know. I get that. I mean, I, I think what you're if saying you're, is they should have planned. Company, you can. Right. Because yeah. they had the idea that they didn't want to be owned by anybody, any mm-hmm. single company. So they yeah. treaded around that very lightly for what? Almost like 10 years. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like and then eight. they made and then they made a screw up where they let the VG company uh-huh. own them for a little mm-hmm. bit. And during that time yep. period, boom. They got bought up by EA, which is like the worst thing that could have happened. Well, and I think well, with- too, it's like EA's probably like, "Hey, we need to we need to downsize. Who is who's mm-hmm. people we can let go? Saboteur is okay. Saboteur is okay, but I mean, like, look at these other things. They bombed Lord of the Rings. How do you bomb Lord yeah. of the Rings? Yeah, that's true. Well, I've that's already forgotten too. they made that game. <laughs> yeah, because they they because they merged with them. They merged with them, and they're like, "Oh, okay, cool. We're gonna do this." And then within two years, got bought by EA, and then two years after that, they're dead. Yeah. So it's like. I, I mean, honestly, other than the couple of good games that they made in the middle, you know, Mercenaries 1, Battlefront 1 and 2, and Destroy All Humans maybe 1 and 2, like, that's pretty much it. Everything else has been, like, full subpar. Full Spectrum Warrior, dude. Yeah, <laughs> Full Spectrum Warrior, yeah. That's the thing, too, is, like, I don't know, if there, is there anything they could have changed? I think they were already going down this path of self, self-destruction, self honestly. Yeah, I mean, they, no, they I agree. Them- oh, yeah, because yeah. honestly, you know, we complain that EA took away Destroy All Humans <laughs> and the Battlefront oh, franchise yeah. from them. But what are they going to do? Continue to make sequels of those games? They need new yeah. IP and that's and their they problem. They didn't have it. They, they right. They they have considering the games that they were like planning. To make. Well, I know who knows. Maybe the Batman game they made would have actually been good. You know, and I. I, I mean, I, it's probably never going to happen, but if they did a like remake, not just a remaster, like a remake of the Saboteur with like updated like gameplay and stuff like it could be a really cool game. Yeah, something more like it would be some, yeah. Niche. Well, something more like no, no, I'm saying something more like even if they changed it up where it's like, you know, something more like Wolfenstein, you know, but third person shooter. So it's like a lot more active because that because Saboteur had a lot of like climbing mechanics like you're like constantly climbing up buildings like that's what. It was like an Assassin's Creed. Because Assassin's Creed came out in 2007, and they were like, <clears throat> yeah, exactly. oh, God. Yeah. Yes. we got to have free running in it. No, thanks. Anyway, yeah. so that's that's the life of Pandemic. Hope you guys the short, learned a whole short life, The short yeah, life of Pandemic. I mean, I mean, it's only 10 years, right? Yeah. Yeah. The 10-year lifespan. And I mean, honestly, if you have 10 years, in 10 years... If you screw up as a game developer having access to Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and Batman and Batman and you have a couple of your own IPs that yeah. just kind of just go whatever Grand Theft Alien 
Like, I don't know. I think maybe maybe all this nostalgia and stuff that we have for Pandemic being this great developer, maybe they just weren't a good developer and they no, needed yeah, to go 100% away. They weren't looking think, back at it. They they like, struggled as a company because they weren't good developers. I mean, if you went back and played Battlefront Two, the actual game, you probably wouldn't like it. No, yeah, of course not. It's it's incredibly old. It has so many mechanics from that old time period. Like the reticle is just mm-hmm. a circle on your screen that doesn't yep. change in size. It's mm-hmm. shooting in that game sucks now. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, cool. Thanks, John. Yeah, yeah. yeah. thanks that for putting a, this together. That was a so basically we found out that uh, nostalgia is a, uh, a can lie. be mysterious. Is a hell of a drug. A, lie, a hell of a drug. All right, so. Cool. So if you guys like the content today, we do post every Monday at 7 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Central Time. And if you really, really liked it, please go check us out on Patreon. You can find us on our website, PCMRCast.com. You can find us on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Discord. And if you want to email us, there's a contact form at the bottom of the website. You fill out. Nice. Hmm. Good. Thanks, John, for doing this episode. It was really cool listening to Pandemic and all of their... uh... Gloriousness, and now and now we have the rose tinted glasses have been ripped off our faces, and now we see them for the abomination that they once were. <laughs> it's actually really interesting, though, going back and and going over their history because yeah, pan- I actually didn't know anything about pandemic besides the couple games I, I didn't did. Either. So it's really no interesting idea. to see how terrible like, company they especially were. <laughs> when you see like they made a a baseball game in the middle of that. It's like what? yeah, dude. What's crazy is that maybe maybe some and this is kind of a good idea. Maybe more of our triple D's need to be about game devs that don't exist anymore and see what actually, you know, from people I call that visceral. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can do that one. You can do that one. Uh, another EA. Tra- oh, my EA God. Tragedy. Yeah. Ugh. All I know. We're just going to rename it to get companies. EA is killed. <laughs> I think I think if we learned anything today, like my favorite thing we learned today is that every time John drove by LAX and by EA, he would just say, yuck, yuck. All right. Well, if you liked our content today, uh, we post our episodes every Monday at 7 a.m. Eastern time, 6 a.m. Yeehaw Central time. And if you really liked our episodes, you can throw us a few bucks at patreon.com forward slash PCMRcast. And shockingly enough, you can go to our website pcmrcast.com scroll down to the bottom you'll see links to our twitch twitter discord youtube all that good stuff and below that there is a contact form where you can send us an email if you want us to read something on the show you like the content don't like the content etc etc so on and so on what does what does he say on uh (laughs) the end of willy wonka when he was reading the contract, but it's cut in half. And he was like, it says right here, you stole fizzy lifting drinks, et cetera, et cetera. That's it. You're done. You lose. <laughs> <laughs> but I always laugh because like the contract that he's reading is like cut in half down the middle. And the other half just gone. Like, what? How is he reading this? I don't get it. I've never, you know, I've never actually watched a Willy Wonka movie uh, all the way through. You've never seen. Wait, there's only one. There's only one Willy Wonka there's movie. There's two. No, no, no. That's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's completely different. Don't, oh, he rolled his eyes. Go watch Willy Wonka and then roll your eyes at me, sir. Good day, sir. Psst.